In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 142nd episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. Up late here in Minneapolis after the Falcons 28-12 loss in the season opener to the Minnesota Vikings. We're going to title this episode, Falcons Stumble Out of the Gate. We're going to look at the slow starts under Coach Dan Quinn, uh, how his teams have have rebounded and have not after those slow starts. We're going to talk about guard Chris Lindstrom, who the team fears has a fractured foot, according to Jay Glazer. Look at the defense, who uh, gave up 172 yards on the ground in the opener. The uh, we'll analyze the offense's drive chart and then do a little quick quick peek ahead to the Philadelphia Eagles. The Falcons will play them next Sunday on Sunday Night Football for the nation to see. But they have a lot of work to do if they're going to clean things up before they go on national TV and play the Eagles. So let's go right into, uh, you know, Coach Quinn and, uh, you know, his staff had an extra week. They gave, uh, they spread it, the, the exhibition season out. And given the fact that they've uh, had trouble starting the season in the past, I thought it might not have been a great ideal to uh, not play as many people as they did. Uh, Yeah, there's certainly an emphasis on coming into the season healthy and so forth. But if you're healthy and not ready to play, what's the point? And we saw it again here uh, in Minnesota against the Vikings. They weren't ready from the first play of the game. They gave up a sack. Fourth play of the game, on guys unblocked, blocks a punt. Before they know it, they're down 21 to nothing at halftime and uh, can't get anything going. Uh, looked a bit disorganized that time. Had to use two penalties to to get situated, and uh, you know just uh, wasn't a very good operation uh, of complementary football, offense, defense, and special teams. So let's look at this one. They got bombed today. It was 28 to nothing. They got two late touchdowns to to make it look respectable. But they were never in this game. Uh, last season in 18, they're, they're actually 2-3 and three under Coach Quinn uh, to start the season. And uh, they very easily could be 0-5. The teams don't start ready to go. Uh, and that's maybe, I don't know if it's a byproduct of the CBA and how they practice now or um, – you know, how they don't play people and so forth. But, you know, the he, he hasn't started well, and he didn't again in Minnesota here. Uh, they had an 18-12 to 12 loss on a Thursday night game in Philly, although they were thrown into the end zone at the end. They needed a goal line stand to beat Chicago and Mike Glennon in 17. And then in 14, 16, they lost to Tampa Bay, which, you know, we thought that was a Tampa Bay team that was turning around. It wasn't. Uh, but they did rebound from that and go to the Super Bowl. And then in his first year, they beat the Eagles 
26-24. But even in that game, they needed a late field goal with a 6.27 to go to beat uh, the Eagles there. Needed a Matt Bryan field goal, 47-yard field goal to hold on and win that game. So the Falcons have – I wasn't surprised that they lost. It was more how they lost. Uh, you know, they start slow, and, uh, you know, I was on the field pregame just to see, uh, you know, if you could sense where, if they were ready or not. They looked ready to go, but they clearly weren't, uh, didn't pass off the right guy on a blitz, uh, should have slid out to the linebacker. That didn't happen. He came free on the punt. They overloaded the zone, didn't have enough uh, backs to pick it up in the backfield, so you had a free runner to the punter. And uh, they fixed that later on, but uh, uh, you know that they they just started in a hole, and and it didn't get much better in the opening game loss. So the slow starts are, are real. Uh, they did rebound in 16 and go to the Super Bowl after a really bad showing against Tampa Bay, and uh, maybe they're going to do that again here uh, in 2019. But the big news after this game, we get done, and, uh, you know, we asked Coach Quinn. They know these uh, injury stuff. I just saw Mike Tomlin get up here on the mic and said that he did his opening statement. Then he said, oh, I forgot. I got my injuries for y'all. He gives his injuries. We have to ask Quinn about his. Uh, he doesn't, uh, uh, you know, uh, volunteer him like uh, some of the other coaches do. But so Lindstrom um, – we asked about him. He said that he'll get back to us tomorrow uh, and then leaks it out to – it got leaked out to um, Jay Glazer. I think he's with the Athletic or used to be with Fox Sports. or. But anyway, um, he's reporting that it is uh, the Falcons' fear that it's fractured. And, uh, uh, you know, that could be a, a while here. So we'll wait. They'll get an MRI probably here on Monday. I'm talking to a foot specialist from L.A. around 10:15 on Monday, so we'll try to get a get a prognosis of a fractured foot. Doesn't sound good. Dion had a broken foot, and he was uh, he missed some time last year, uh, but we'll we don't know which metatarsal it is, if it is a you know foot and uh, how far out or how far up it is. You know they'll. They don't give us that information. But big blow to the Falcons' rebuild on the offensive line of Chris Lindstrom, the 14th pick in the draft, is out for an extended period of time. We saw Wes Schweitzer in there in his place. He was active uh, ahead of Jamin Brown uh, because he could be the center. So they could easily just put Brown out there at right guard and uh, roll with that instead of uh, uh, Schweitzer and have Schweitzer available as the backup like he was today. We've seen Schweitzer start here at different times over the last two years, and um, that's what they were trying to upgrade from. So I don't think they really want to go back to that, uh, but we'll see. But, yeah, we'll keep track of Chris Lindstrom and the fractured, uh, if there is a fractured uh, foot and how much time he's going to be out. But definitely a big blow. Uh, you know, if they, they saw a fracture here in the first time, they wouldn't uh, – and they're going to get an MRI for a second. It's not going to heal between now and then. They're just going to get a determination of how long or how bad it is. Or, uh, you know, uh, for the rookie from Boston College, who's going to be the anchor at right guard for the Falcons. 
So that's a big one here, and we'll keep track of that. But the the big, big takeaway from this game was that the Falcons got ran up on for 172 yards, 38 carries. Uh, and once you get ran like that on, teams aren't going to even bother their pass. So, you know, the Eagles coming up, Titans, uh, Colts, Titans, Houston, you know, if they can run the ball on you, they're, they're not even going to bother to get into the pass. And that, that's what the Vikings did. They didn't even, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins only threw 10 passes in the game. They had one sack and two hits. But, uh, you know, if you could run the ball on people at that type of rate, you, there's no need to throw the ball. And uh, the Falcons are going to see that until they stop the run. So uh, the tacklers, leading tacklers coming out of this one, Tyler Davidson with eight, Devondre Campbell with six, Deion Jones with five, Grady Jarrett with five, and Fourier Olicom with five. And uh, Grady Jarrett and Vic Beasley talked about the run defense after the game, tried to stop, uh, tried to ask Deion Jones about it in the, in the hallway there. He was on the way to the bus, and he's like, I'm out the locker room, so I don't have to talk. I'm like, but the run defense, though, <laughs> And he's like, well, I'm not in the locker room right now. So uh, maybe the middle linebacker will have something to say about the run defense on, on open locker room on Monday. Uh, you know, when they win, they call it uh, Victory Monday. So on Losers Monday, we uh, maybe he'll be around to tell us uh, his part. But it was around the outside, but he's still one of the leaders of the unit. So he should stand up and talk when they, you know, when they're, when they're going's good and when they're going's not so good. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Now, the um, fourth item for us is the drive chart. Uh, just how the Falcons really shot themselves in the foot here. Man, look at this. Block, punt, interception, punt, fumble, punt, interception, punt, and then two touchdowns on their last two drives. So... Let's review block punt, three and out, block punt, start the game. That's not the way you want to do that. Next drive, they're trying to make something happen. Ryan forces it into the middle of the field, and it gets picked off. Next drive, they punt. Then next drive, they're rolling. They get down to the 22-yard line and threatening. Then Devontae Freeman coughs the ball up. You know, he hasn't been in live action um, that's a fumble that should have occurred in the uh, exhibition season. He, but, he, you know, they, they're so scared of playing people that they come into these early games and you see him exhibition quality play uh, here early in the season. So then he gets popped and fumbled. And you get a punt there and it's halftime. Then they come out in second half trying to, you know, rally to get back in the game. And then uh, Matt, Matt throws a really bad interception from the three-yard line. A uh, couple things. Looked like he was throwing it up for Stocker to go get. And then he was saying he's got to throw it away. He just didn't. He should just threw it away um, and, and didn't get that done on that interception. Then it was pretty much over after that. Saints went down and uh, put up the 28. And then uh, the Falcons were just scrambling for, for rally time there. After the first touchdown, you know, the press box observers – were somewhat dismayed by the Falcons going for two points because um, Coach Quinn was saying that that was according to their chart, and we know of no chart that says 20 to, 28 to 6 is a uh, uh, 
two-point conversion go for, but, you know, maybe they got a different chart. I think what he meant was, you know, I think they were practicing. They were like, hey, we might as well give it a shot here, try to see what our two-point conversion play looks like. Um, and they might have been doing that. So that would have made more sense than saying it was on the chart when, I mean, 8, 8, 8, it never gets to 28. Um, you know, you needed seven, seven, seven. You needed three scores after that, whether you had eight or not. So that was the media uh, uh, thing, and uh, you know that was a little bit uh, up for discussion, along with a couple timeouts when they didn't appear to be organized. Uh, the Vikings were up at the line of scrimmage, ready to go. Defense is still in the huddle, chitter chattering. Uh, and uh, they had to stop it, stop the clock, and get get organized. So uh, those things can be costly, and when games are tight, uh, but this one wasn't tight. So, uh, but let's just make note of that. And um, the team did hire Bob Sutton to help with the in-game management and coaching, and we didn't see much, uh, at least in those instances, against the Vikings. Now, you know, they're going to have to turn the page pretty quickly on a very poor performance uh, and get ready for the Eagles, who, um, you know, pulled out a 32-27 to victory over the Washington football Redskins. The uh, Skins jumped out to a 17 to nothing lead. Then the uh, Eagles stormed back with old Eagle Deshaun Jackson showing out with uh, two touchdown catches of 51 and 53 yards. So there he is. Uh, uh, Deshaun Jackson's back. They lead a, a rally against the uh, Redskins, 32-27. to 27. So um, And they'll come in to Mercedes-Benz on Sunday night. Now, I looked at their rushing yards. They don't have any big hammers. They got Jordan Howard, the old uh, Chicago Bear guy, and they're going to try to probably – Ram it down the Falcons' uh, run defense throat, just like Minnesota did, and the Eagles did a couple, a couple times here in the in most in the most recent meetings with the Falcons. But they ran for 123 yards on 31 carries and one touchdown against the uh, Redskins for an average of four yards per carry. So you know this one we're gonna wrap it up here and. Uh, Lay down for a little bit, get up and uh, take this light rail here in Minneapolis out to the airport and get on back to Atlanta. Open locker room on uh, is at 1.30. Got Coach Dan after that, and I uh, think they got Dirk Cutter speaking to the media on Monday. While we're on the move, we'll be looking, the phone, uh, looking at the phone to get an update from um, – the team or uh, the doctors on Chris Lindstrom and how far he's going to be out. Uh, shoot, a fractured foot. Could, you know, Dion broke his foot and he came back in week 11. So I don't know if Lindstrom's, you know, bigger guys with fractures and stuff are a little bit harder. I don't know if he's, you know, don't want to speculate on if he's lost for the season or three or four weeks or whatever. Uh, but fractured foot sure doesn't sound good. And we'll uh, wait until the Falcons. Uh, they usually uh, used to, um, if it was a long-term injury that he, where he's going to be out for a while, uh, they usually let us know. But if it's uh, something where they think they can finesse it and keep the other team guessing for a couple weeks, 
Uh, they'll try to do that. I know they did that with uh, Desmond Trufant's pick a couple years ago. Uh, you know, they knew it was tour, but, uh, you know, we um, didn't have it on the record. Uh, and then they eventually had to go ahead and come clean with that. So we'll see uh, what they do here with the Lindstrom injury. So this is it. We're going to wrap it up here. don't have all of my little music for y'all this week. Uh, as I'm working up here in Minneapolis. So, uh, but we're going to wrap up the 142nd episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. 0-1. Set to play the Eagles on Sunday night football. They'll need to uh, improve immensely over this week of practice and try to mesh things together and play some complimentary football between the offense, defense, and special teams. Take care and have a great week. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.